You're listening to the Sales Process Excellence Podcast with Michael Webb. Hello, this is Michael Webb. Some people focus on selling processes like internet marketing or selling to senior level decision makers. Other people focus on process tools and measurement of data and systems thinking. Not many people talk about how these can be brought together to motivate people and to create wealth for everyone. That's what we want to talk about in the Sales Process Excellence Podcast. My guest today is Tim Dute. Tim is Corporate Vice President of Burr Oak Tool in Sturgis, Michigan. Thank you for being here, Tim. Could you tell our audience um, about your background? Sure. First of all, thanks for inviting me to participate. This is, I think, a great opportunity and a good way for many to learn a little bit more about uh, some great ideas. Yeah, thanks. So my my background, uh, Baroque Tool is a manufacturing company. We've been around for uh, almost 75 years, and we manufacture large machines and machine tools primarily for the HVAC industry. I've been at Baroque Tool for about 12 years. Uh, my background is actually quite different. Uh, I started out uh, as a music uh, student in college. I remember that. And and uh, went through a number of uh, thinking changes as I was in school, ended up getting a master's degree in business, thinking I would put music and business together, which I did successfully for a number of years. Um, in that time, had some international opportunities to uh, understand uh, product distribution in some international markets and uh, then had my own consulting business for a number of years. And when this opportunity with Pro Tool came up and uh, it was quite a shift in terms of the content of the business, but uh, I would say uh, the principles that you learn anywhere uh, can be applied across very disparate industries and uh, even very different roles uh, in companies. Uh, that is so interesting. I remember you showing me you had uh, you thought you had a book in you. You were starting to write a book and you had chapters and it was about the lessons learned from music or from composers and you had collected all these quotes. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's See, right. That's the right. The whole idea of people and the principles has interested you for a long time. It has. Um, actually, it started probably uh, – when I was introduced to the Seven Habits by Stephen Covey, ah yes, long long ago. Uh, so I I was with a company where we we supplied uh, some some things to the Covey Group, and uh, they wanted their primary vendors all to be uh, well versed in the Seven Habits. Uh, Principles, and so I I attended something there. I was especially taken by the personal mission statement, uh, and learned a lot about what disciplines are required in order to apply those types of principles that do not change. Doesn't matter what business you are in, what your role is, 
those principles remain the same. And I think that is what is key in, uh, in what initially uh, made me interested in some of mm-hmm. the things that you uh, presented in your book. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so so when you transitioned into uh, Burr Oak, uh, if I recall, you were in um, marketing. Is that right? Was that the first role? Um, actually, the first role was international de- international development, uh, but quickly right. transitioned into both international development and marketing. And I did that for a couple of years, and. Uh, Ultimately, I was asked to take on the role also of all of the sales functions at Baroque Tool. Uh, so, so sales, marketing, and business development. Right. I think that's when we met, when that was <laughs> starting to take place, and you were looking at this bullpen of sales engineers with all different kinds of personalities and trying to say, oh, now, how do I, <laughs> how do, I do this? Is that what yeah. was going through your head? Yeah, it, it was it was partly the different personalities, but it was also uh, a huge and challenging complex of global customers. We broke tool does business in seventy five countries, and so when you take the different personalities in the U.S. and overlay it on uh, customer experience. Uh, in the U.S. compared to one in India, compared to one in Brazil, compared to one in Europe, compared to one in China. Mm. That's where it gets pretty complex. And so, as I recall, Baroque was already, uh, I don't know how you would put it, supportive of the kind of the lean philosophy of of process excellence, uh, had made some progress with that, and uh, because of your interest in uh, principles, you knew that some of that needed to transfer into sales, which was your interest in my book, right? Yes, exactly. Um, when I first picked up your book, uh, <laughs> I I immediately, of course, saw the connection. It was it was clear that there was a connection between uh, lean thinking and process thinking, which actually to me, seems very, very close to the principle-related approach of the Covey Seven Habits. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the principles that you outlined, I thought, oh, my goodness, principle-based selling, principle-based or process-based, to apply this across an organization just made so much sense. And I was was pretty excited about it. Well, so then what happened? Well, then, when when I look at the application of anything like that, there's a couple of different ways that it has to be applied when you're talking about principles. Because um, one, one is to look at the external reach of that and how does it impact our ability to uh, win customers, and uh, not only—it's not—it's not winning customers. It's really a process of qualifying and understanding, uh, and making sure that we not only are providing a service, but it's a good fit. Because not every customer is going to be a good fit for every company, 
when it's a business to business, a B2B uh, situation. Mm -hmm. So that's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is internal. When you think about the culture required to shift an entire process from the way we've always done it to something new and different that's going to require quite a bit of effort. And whenever you have uh, people in the equation, which in a normal business is always, <laughs> there, are, there are things you have to do to win over the culture and get everybody uh, rowing in the same direction and moving together. So uh, what I saw in, in your thoughts in the processes that you presented was a way to accomplish that. And we did a guided discovery with your senior sales, marketing, and service team. Yes, and they we did to take to that uh, pretty well. What were kind of the conversations that were going on when I wasn't there? We were when you weren't here. We were well. First of all, it was it you were was trying to get quotes out every day. That's what we were trying. <laughs> yes, so we had the battle. We had the battle that we were trying to fight while trying, while bringing in and attempting to overlay this uh, brand new process. So, and to say that we were trying is, you know, it's. It's never that we try. We have to implement. We have to implement to make change. And we have to implement to succeed. So we knew that it was important. We knew that uh, this change was something that we had to make happen. Uh, and I think we were, we were realistic. Uh, we went with you. We actually met with you several times. Uh, you first met with the, uh, with our senior team, mm -hmm. uh, more than once. And then we had some presentations to the overall sales team in uh, making sure that everybody was was on board and everybody understood the same thing from the same perspective. So in order to make that happen, I remember we made some, well, you provided us some with some materials that we distributed. And uh, the, the good thing, I think that we did is we had you come in and actually present not only to our internal team, but to our entire network of reps. So everybody got the same message. Um, I'm sure you recall that we had reps from, I think, yep. nine different countries. And, yep. That was the Oak Summit, right? That was the Oak Summit. That's correct. Um, which, uh, by the way, this year was our eighth year of the uh, summit. So we're still going. Uh, still every, every day utilizing those principles, uh, that we learned and applied. And I, I think it's, uh, they have led to some very, very good things, uh, in terms of results because isn't that what we, what we, um, want to find with anything yeah. that we do? Right. So tell us, tell us about some of that. Yeah. Um, and let me one one thing just I want to mention is because we were already in the 
in the realm of looking for process-based uh, solutions that could be implemented and endure. It's easy to embrace something that just feels right and passes our own initial sniff test in terms of, yes, this is significant. It's got some meat. It's got some substance. The challenge is also always going to be in applying it. Um, so what we what we saw in terms of making it work is we had to be very collaborative. We had to talk a lot and understand from each other's perspective. We had to communicate well. And, and this communication internally led to better communication externally. So some of the results of this, we, we were a little more selective in terms of which customers and specifically which projects we would undertake. Uh, utilizing some of the criteria that we gleaned uh, from your presentations, we we actually expanded uh, what we were looking for in customers to include things not only like are they in our industry, but what do we know about how well they pay? Uh, what do we know about their own uh, desire to innovate? Would they want to partner with us in innovation? Yeah, I remember um, one of the questions was, um, how well do they train uh, their staff? You know, is it do we get service calls from them in the middle of the night and they don't even know where their right. drawings are, or do they invest in training and preventative maintenance for their crew and their equipment? Yes, exactly, because we we would provide for them always a. Uh, a, a, tr a manual for every machine that we sell, along with uh, certain drawings, um, assembly drawings. So if somebody would call us up, were to call us up and ask a question that they already have the answer to, um, that's e either in, if they're willing to, to embark on some additional training, wonderful. But if we've gone through this with them many times, that actually adds to our own cost for that particular uh, incident or example. So that's so, something so that... You, what you're referring to here is the approach of operationally defining, you guys called it the ideal prospect or the ideal customer. Yes, like, yes, uh, the ideal customer. Uh -huh. Observable things and you're able to assign a number to it and that sort of is like yeah. your unified field theory, right? So that everybody yeah. is evaluating the prospects using the same standard and converting their sort of subjective uh, observations into a more objective observation and using numbers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. And we, uh, we have systematized that even more in terms of our quoting and our expectation of uh, when or how we would possibly win some some of these large opportunities. So in our business, a typical quote for a typical machine, we're, we're looking at a, a time often from the customers where they will take two to three months to make a decision and the delivery time is going to be anywhere from four to six or seven months on mm -hmm. the particular machine as it's finished. So we're always working 
working ahead, always looking at the future. So we want to qualify and quantify these lead opportunities. And we assigned a probability. And again, you remember when we first started this, we assigned a probability of uh, the customers. First of all, we ranked them according to who we would want to go after, who we want to partner with. And but uh, by using this method, those observable qualifications, that's what enables the observable, to right? Yes, yes, exactly. And so we knew who we would want to uh, put on our front burner, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So the results have been uh, a greater number of wins. And part of that is because of both the customer and the type of business that we're going after. So we, we began to win a greater percentage of those quotes that we put out. Uh, another is we saw an increase because we were paying closer attention to everything across this wide spectrum of information. We, we saw an increase in our uh, overall margins on, on those machines. That's fabulous. And the, the last thing, which is not the last, but the beginning is we have seen with uh, certain relationships that we have that, as I think I mentioned this a little bit sooner earlier, that we are becoming involved and engaged with the com customer much earlier in the process. So we are seen more as a partner than as a vendor. That is so important because we know ahead of time uh, what what they're thinking, and they're actually coming to us for advice, for guidance. And one of the uh, branding issues that we had, and you may recall this, is we wanted to be seen as the expert in our industry. We wanted to be the person the company that if anybody's thinking about making a heat exchange coil uh, and making fins for that coil and producing that, who would they come to? They would come to Burrow Tool. We mm -hmm. wanted to be the thought leader within this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and in, uh, in many cases, I think it is, it is happening. Well, and just in the short time that I was working with you, I was so amazed. Here's a mature industry, and here's a company whose genius is just overflowing because you came up with the Triumph Bender, right? The, this machine mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that stretches the copper tubing to straighten it. What a radical departure from traditional ways of doing that mechanical process. And then you came up with, I forget the name of the machine, but it instead of pulling a die through the copper tube to expand it, sort of weld it to the fins in a heat exchanger, it uses compressed air. And there was another yes. machine, a little elbows that you guys were, I mean, these radical improvements in this very mature industry, you guys were just overflowing with that stuff. And it created all sorts of new value propositions for your customers. Tell us about some of those. Yeah. Um, interesting you mentioned that because I actually have pulled out some information about that. We uh, just 
in terms of the longevity of the company, we are close to having produced and uh, distributed 3,000 dyes, which is a significant number. Um, These are the, the, the dyes that make the fins for the heat exchange. The dyes that make the, the fins, yes. Okay. yes. Uh, the hairpin bender, when, which we, yes, we call the Triumph, the Triumph hairpin bender. Uh, when that came out, it, it really turned the industry on its head, so to speak, because it was so different uh, from any other approach that anybody used. We used stretch straightening, as you mentioned, but the way we cut was completely opposite from any other competitor out there, any other company. And uh, it's been out, oh, I think about six or seven years and we are we're at our about our 175th machine so we're inching up on 200 <laughs> machines well, now so let me i remember a story here let me recount what i recall and then you you correct me because i as mm -hmm. i saw there were like three very difficult problems happening at the same time and in one i thought it was a brilliant move it sort of solved them all at the same time Burl yes. had been attempting to transition from a custom manufacturer, you know, in his early in his history to having more standardized products. Difficult transition to make, lots of architecture decisions about how these machines are designed, and the new Triumph machine not only presented an opportunity to revolutionize the market, but also to take a step forward in standardizing the potential designs, right? That's one issue. At True, yes. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. that, Another is, issue. that is true. The sales force yeah. is breaking its back because all these <laughs> quotes take like a week, you know, of engineering yeah. time yeah. to assemble them, right? That's correct. So, so to have a way of doing um, a an estimate quote, a budgetary quote, right, without requiring all that sales time was something you didn't have really wanted. Uh, and that this machine provided an opportunity to attempt that. Correct. Third. No, you're absolutely right. Third, the sales force, because all of this time doing quotations and then re-quotations and then modifying the quotations and then doing them again, um, the sales force didn't have a lot of time to go out and do prospecting and build relationships and much less find new accounts. And so... Uh, I believe what uh, Jason may have been behind it, but Jason and, and Brett uh, both, they came up with a sort of a spreadsheet that it contained these new estimating standards and combined it with a landing page, an offer on your website that would offer a, uh, a prospective customer engineer to compare this new radical technology with the competitors not divulging the cost of the machine or anything, but in terms of cost per part, because it could process more parts per shift, and you could tell it how many changeovers you have to do per shift and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so you release this web page, the spreadsheet that did the calculations was behind the scenes. The customer got something they wanted, right? And the mm -hmm. salesperson was prevented from having to spend a couple of days or more uh, doing a budgetary quote and I think within, as I recall, within a month of releasing that, the sales force had like three 
qualified new account prospects that they never would have had otherwise. Is that pretty close mm -hmm. to what happened there? Yeah, that's that you you're remembering that well. No, that's that is accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> we still utilize that same yeah. uh, that same document or uh, yes, because it is a good indicator of exactly what the triumph vendor can save them in their own manufacturing processes. Well, and before you had brought the team together to develop a shared common understanding of, you know, what's value, what's waste, how do we know that? I mean, you, as the, when you were in the head of the marketing department, if you had this bright idea to put a web page up there that would do that back in the day, right, what kind of roadblocks would you have run into attempting to get that through? Well, I think it would have been difficult because uh, in order to make all of this work, not, it, it, it's, sales is not an island. In, in any company, right. at least they shouldn't be. Right. And so that's that's where, when when we were in, instituting all of these changes, we also were keeping other groups well aware of what we were what we were uh, implementing. So including accounting, including engineering. So it's so critical to to involve everyone. And before that, uh, I probably didn't see uh, the roadblocks that would, would have been encountered from some of those other internal areas mm -hmm. in order to make this happen. But that work then, however, was done. Uh, we included everybody in, in the goals, uh, at least awareness of what we were accomplishing and implementing these new processes. So you're, you're right. I would have I would hit roadblocks in many ways prior to this, but yeah. uh, when we did it, it was only it was only help. Yeah. Well, and and if someone in the sales department thought of an improvement, right, they would have run into mm -hmm. roadblocks because they would have mm -hmm. needed help from you know engineering to come up with this new way of doing quoting, or they would need help with the marketing department or something. And all those departments, sure. if you're not thoroughly uh, immersed in the concept of systems thinking, all those mm -hmm. things. It's hard to coordinate them. It's hard to have harmony between them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, super. So, so yeah. Tell us more. What other? I mean, where are you guys going uh, from here? What are the the things that uh, you're moving forward on that these principles and approaches have enabled you to do? Okay. The uh, the plan moving forward is to identify and focus which we're which we're doing on additional partners um, this we've actually taken this approach and applied it into other areas outside of capital sales we've also applied it into our service area and our parts i mean of course both of those are still sales into our parts area a very process-based approach and uh, with all three of those running in harmony you can see the synergy that is possible because a capital sale uh, for one of our machines 
of course, it's a generally it's a significant investment for any mm-hmm. of our customers, and we always want them to understand the value proposition of this particular piece of machinery for their uh, company over the life of the machine. Uh, but we also want to make sure that they understand that uh, through our process, we will also support them in terms of service and parts. Um, and I don't think our industry is different from other industries uh, generally. We hear that if there are companies, for example, working in the U.S. that are based in Asia, uh, it's very difficult for them to successfully and efficiently deliver parts on time. Uh, it's it's just a hard thing. They they may be able to get their machines there on time, but the after sales service is just as important for them maintaining mm-hmm. that machine and is a huge uh, decision part of the decision in whether or not they would go with uh, us versus a competitor mm-hmm. either way. So we saw the value in implementing this same process-based approach into everything that we do. And it has it has made a difference. Um, and I think that's actually solidified our relationship with certain customers uh, because we are able to deliver across everything that we do, not just capital machines, but also parts and service. Uh, so that that has made us more more successful. Well, and I remember. Uh, let me make this comment and then have you react to it. Uh, uh, and then, if there's anything else that that you think we should keep in mind, or that the audience would appreciate hearing, um, mm-hmm. you know, about your journey there. I know it wasn't easy. Um, I know that one of the challenges, uh, because your business is so complex, um, is the you know, a customer gives a request to use, you know, titanium on the guide rails or something with different tolerances. And so thus you have to issue a revised quote, right? You get the mm-hmm. order, and then six months out, all of a sudden engineering or manufacturing runs into a snag and, uh, you know, we got a delay. It's just a frustrating thing for the customer, frustrating thing for the sales department. And by having a process, as I recall, uh, it enabled the first part. The salespeople were kind of not. It was like, okay, fine, we did a process. It didn't really. Um, it didn't seem to me anyway like this is really the central, really important thing until they realized that uh, there could be put a, a a point beyond which it's not the sales department's fault if something goes wrong. Ah, okay, now we agree on it, and then. The sort of the snake turned around the other way because they found out that they had been making some mistakes in the quotes inadvertently. Mm-hmm. So they were the causes of it. But so the process, um, this logic, this this defining things, focusing on the evidence and the data, helped everyone to realize what's broken in our system, how that ends up impacting the customer, and therefore the money that we can get from the customers, the lifeblood, right? Um, and so it didn't the implications of it weren't expected 
right? You learn things you didn't expect to be learning and it made everybody and the company better. Is that a fair way to that, write yes. that story? That's actually a good description. Uh, one one uh, example or one symbol of this that we have used is as we implement process throughout the organization and start to understand the discipline required to do that, and if we master that one thing and do it well, it will always reveal additional rocks. What it does is reduces the water level or mm -hmm. however you want to put that, mm -hmm. and it reveals other issues that you have to work on. And that is what enables you to get down to the root cause of whatever it is that's uh, causing you uh, keeping you up at night, mm -hmm. uh, giving you indigestion, whatever it might be. But no, that's, that is exactly right. We have, we, and this is, this is a, it's not only a process that we implement, but it's a process to go through because we learn. If we're not learning every day, we're probably doing something wrong and we should be constantly on the path to improvement and change. That's part of, process and that is what makes us better so we don't really we're, we're aware of what our competitors are doing certainly but our goal is to always better ourselves we want to focus on our own processes the way we do things and make sure that we are doing it better than anybody else if we're doing that then there's no one that will be able to touch us. That's wonderful. And, and thus the principles approach is fulfilling, not just for the company's goals, but for individual goals and leadership goals. And it's rewarding to be able to encourage and help the people who work with you and for you in their growth uh, as well. Yes, this, this absolutely. has been a wonderful uh, story. I've been looking forward to it, uh, and I really appreciate you being so candid and, and open in these. Um, are there any uh, final observations? And, and is there, if someone would like to uh, contact you and, I don't know, become part of your uh, the distribution channel or some way, um, uh, it, it, how, how would they get a hold of you? Well, they can, they can just go to... Uh, Baroque Tool, BaroqueTool.com, or Baroque.com. Uh, that's our website address. B-U-R-R-O-A-K.com, right? Yes, .com. And I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Uh, anybody can connect with me, Tim Dute. And you can look up Baroque Tool on LinkedIn as well. We have a landing page there. And uh, we, our goal is to put new content up on a regular basis and uh, show what things we're working on. Super. Super. Uh, well, thank you very much, Tim. I really appreciate this. And uh, we'll be staying in touch, you and I, and uh, you know, help grow, get even wealthier and more successful in the future. All right. All right. Thank you very thank much, you. Mike. Appreciate that. Take care. Bye.
The Sales Process Excellence Podcast is sponsored by Sales Performance Consultants. Discover how to improve your B2B sales with systems thinking at salesperformance.com.